we were talking about this, it occurred to me that it's possible that someone in this room uh, has been thinking, you know what, Pastor Chris was here and uh, preaching through Galatians and telling us all about grace, 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 grace. You know, it's not about works, it's not about law. He leaves one week, just one week, and here comes Pastor Ken. Yep, get to work. It's time to do, 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 you know. He's not here. Uh, don't tell him I said this, but really, uh, it's all about what we do uh, for God. What happened to Galatians uh, in, in all of this? Um, and uh, you know what? That's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question to say, how, how does, if we're welcomed into God's family by grace, uh, we're born into this family by grace, what is this relationship with, wow, there's stuff to get done? And uh, Pastor Ken is going to tell you what those, uh, those opportunities are. Uh, you know, I, I want to answer that uh, just off the, the front end by saying God does not need your service. He really doesn't need any of our services. He doesn't need what we do. In Acts 17, 24 and 25, he says, the, uh, Paul is speaking, and he says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath, and everything else. Uh, Paul would say, God doesn't need anything from us. What we do is not primarily to give some benefit uh, to God uh, or to his church or to a pastor. Uh, that service, service is about what God wants to do in the world, yes, but also in us. Uh, and that's why the, the title of the message today uh, the shorter message today, for those of you who might be worrying there in the back row, uh, I see you, Bill, uh, is uh, service, what's in it for me? Now, I realize in asking that question that way, I'm probably offending a whole other group of people because they'd say, service, what's in it for me? That's the wrong attitude about service. You know, what, what's in it for me? I don't do things for other people to get something for myself. I do it for the Lord and I'm sure uh, that that is true, that we do do service. It is for the Lord. But I would suggest that in order for us to do anything, anything that we, have, that we do, it is because that we see some benefit for ourselves, that we see some, some purpose. Um, if I go into a store and I see a, a, an article, a shirt that I'd like to purchase, at some point I have to say, you know what? I would feel better with that walking out of here with that shirt than I would spending a certain amount of money. I, the benefit is worth it in order for me to spend some money on something. Um, if I'm going to uh, get off the couch and assist my wife with something, uh, she just left the room. That's very convenient. Uh, <laughs> if I'm to do that, there must be some benefit or some avoidance of pain, one of the two, uh, that is going to cause me to do that, that I see it's personally beneficial uh, to me. There is a benefit. And God is aware of that. Uh, he calls it sowing and reaping. And when we think of service, really there's some things to overcome. As I was brainstorming this week of why don't people serve? Why don't people get involved in ministry and serving other people in the church or out in the world? Um, I thought of five reasons. 
main reasons why I hear why people don't get involved in ministry. Uh, number one reason is my life is full. It's filled up. I use up all 24 hours every day. And uh, it feels like there's more stuff that I need to get in. My life is full. You know, several of the panelists said that as well. How am I going to pack one more thing in it when my life is already full? Um, I think uh, another thing that I, that I sense that people say is, you know what, it gets done anyway. You know what, whatever needs to get done, if I'm just real quiet and don't make too much noise, all of the stuff is going to get done anyway. And so, you know what, I don't need to get involved because the work's going to get done without me. Uh, third is, and uh, Kelly rec uh, mentioned that, that it's not my gift. That sometimes people say, you know what, uh, involved in ministry, what the, the ministries that I see out there, those aren't things that I really feel comfortable with. I, I, I just don't think that that's my gift. And so, you know what, I'll let the gifted people uh, take care of things. Uh, number four, uh, sometimes, this is my favorite one, it's someone else's turn. You know what, I've served and you know what? It's time for me to pass that along. That's, that's my favorite one, because uh, it doesn't work in our house, actually. Uh, that, uh, that, oh, it's your turn to do this. I've done it. I've, I've fed the kid like four days in a row. You know what? Somebody else's job, or we we'll just won't let them eat. You know what? We just won't do that anymore. It's, it's somebody else's turn. Uh, and the first, fifth reason why not serve is because I've never been asked. Now, to be honest, as I look at that list, it is a pretty formidable list. Uh, because um, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I suppose if I did ask and said, anybody here who is not busy, um, there would be very few hands uh, raised. Uh, because the reality is that in some ways, uh, this Kent City Baptist Church has been going on for 145 plus years. And uh, you know what? It will continue to go on. Um, the reality is that all of us feel that sense of, you know what, am I adequate? To this task, you know what? I, you know what? I don't know that I that I necessarily always feel adequate for things that that uh, ministries that are out there, service that could be done. I don't necessarily feel adequate. Um, and you know, the reality is that uh, sometimes uh, it is time that we change ministries. And so these are formidable obstacles. So so my question is, what is it that would make a person overcome these obstacles? obstacles to say, you know what, it's worth it. There is something to be gained that would be worth altering what I'm doing to do something uh, different or more. And so in response to those four, five obstacles to be involved in ministry, uh, I would like to suggest five benefits. Uh, five benefits, because service has a purpose, and it is not merely because God needs something or the church needs something. God, service is a means by which God chooses to bless and to develop a relationship uh, with his children. That he offers something to those who are involved uh, in serving him. Uh, I'm going to give one last exception before we get into the meat of this. Is As I'm talking about service, our focus is on the church. And my focus of my message is going to be on ministry that we do in a church. And as I do that, I do want to, to make it clear that I, I'm not saying that all ministries happen in an official ministry of the church. That's just not the case. Uh, there is ministry that we do through our vocation. Uh, there is ministry that gets done interpersonally as we relate to people, as we represent Christ in the places that he's put us. Uh, there are ministries that are outside of the church that are doing a tremendous 
uh, service in this world. And so uh, while all of those things are true and many of the things that I say will apply to those types of ministry, my focus is going to be in on uh, a local church ministry, ministry in and through the local church. So what are the benefits of ministry? What is it that God has that he's reaching out and offering to us through this vehicle of service? A number one thing that I would say is God offers the blessing of growth, uh, of maturity. Uh, what does it mean to be a mature Christian? Uh, is it somebody who uh, can give flowery prayers in church? Uh, is it somebody who has a, an important position uh, in the local church? Uh, is, what exactly is maturity? Uh, I would suggest that maturity is someone who fulfills what Christ called the greatest commandment. Uh, or the greatest commandments, and that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, a mature Christian is somebody who, who loves God rightly and loves his neighbor uh, rightly. Uh, so what does this have to do with service? Uh, I'm afraid that some people are a little bit like the old Charlie Brown cartoon in which Linus says, you know what, I love mankind. It's people that I can't stand. Uh, they are really annoying. But, but mankind in general, uh, I'm in favor of them, and I, and I love them. Um, service allows us to put into practice what the goal, what God is working us towards in maturity. If maturity is to say somebody who loves God rightly and loves his neighbor as himself, um, wouldn't it make sense that the the process for getting to that goal would involve God and serving other people. If the goal is to say, I'm going to love my neighbor, but the process is, well, I go in the closet and I read my Bible and I pray, and then I just go about and live my life as best I could, that would seem an ill fit toward reaching that goal. It's a little bit like somebody who's training for a marathon by eating Doritos on the couch and says, you know what, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm, get, I'm in training, uh, but I don't really like running. You know, moving my legs, it's difficult. Uh, I don't necessarily want to do that, but uh, I'm in training for this. I'm going to find a training plan for this marathon that doesn't involve me doing any running physical activity. It, it's not a good fit. Well, if, if God's goal is to get us to love him and to love his neighbor and to love our neighbor as himself, the process is Get involved in people's lives. Get to know them. Pray for them. Serve them. Sometimes they will rub you the wrong way. Sometimes it will be challenging. But then you're going to have a realistic view of what this God is, who we love, who demonstrated his love towards us while we were still sinners. Uh, you know, I, I sent some questions out to some different folks in ministry to ask them what some of their joys in ministry are, what God has taught them in ministry. And a number of them, uh, it was on this theme that they came back. They said, you know what, what has God taught me through ministry? How has he grown me? He's grown me in patience and flexibility. Uh, he's taught me to put others before myself, even when tired. Uh, God taught me that life doesn't revolve around me. Uh, these are the lessons that are, that are steps on the path towards maturity. And the, real, and the reality is they're not a one-time lesson that we learn and we get, but they're ones that we continually have to work on and grow and one of the ways that God grows us is through, he says, get involved in other people's lives. Serve and minister uh, to them. Uh, the first benefit of ministry 
is it's a, one of the paths God uses to grow us. Uh, secondly, uh, a second benefit of ministry is the gift of joy. That there's a joy that comes from ministry. Uh, some of our volunteers wrote, you know what, my greatest joy is cuddling babies. Uh, it's watching the other young girls learn to serve. It ministers to my heart. Uh, one of uh, teachers said, listening to somebody else actually learn something from me. That's awesome. Somebody could actually learn something from me. There's a joy that comes from ministry, uh, a joy and satisfaction. Uh, you know what? Our example is Christ. And in Hebrews 12, 2, it says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, that, that, that is difficult for me to really let sink into my heart. It says that, that Christ, he did his Father's will. He went to the cross, it says. And in, in my mind, I often think of, you know what? Yes, he's an obedient son. He does what the Father says. Not my will, but thine be done. Uh, and, and when I focus on that, it seems to be a matter of duty. Yes, I must, because I am an obedient son, do what the Father's will was. But Hebrews 12 says, there was a joy set before him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, so that he could sit down at the right hand of the throne of the Father. One of the reasons that Jesus went to the cross is he says there's a joy that comes from doing what God has called me to do that far exceeds the costs that come alongside of it. That far exceed the cost. There is a joy that's set before and there is a joy that comes from ministry, a joy from using my gifts, uh, the joy of seeing someone else uh, grow uh, through my ministry. Uh, there is a satisfaction of working together in a team uh, on something that's bigger than I could accomplish uh, on my own. Uh, all of these are part of the joy that God offers to him. Uh, I'm afraid some people are sitting and they're waiting for joy to come. Why am I unhappy? And they just sit and they're waiting for, the, for happiness to come and get delivered to their door by UPS. And God says, you know what? Why don't you get involved in doing my work in the world? And you know what? I'll find you. The joy will catch up to you. It, it didn't come from, uh, from staying where you're at. You get involved in my work and I will show you uh, what the joy is that comes uh, from that. Uh, a benefit of ministry is growth. It's a benefit is joy. Also, uh, some of that joy, uh, some of that joy comes from the relationships that we build from people. And I'll say that's a third gift. And our, our panelists, uh, we talked about that a little bit. The joy comes from people. Let me find the notes that I just lost. There they are. Um, let me read a couple of verses. 1 Thessalonians 4.19, Paul says, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. In Philippians 4.1, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I long, love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. You know, someone has rightly said that the Christian life is not about rules, it's about a relationship, a relationship with Christ. Um, it doesn't come by performance, and that is exactly the right. That is how we become a part of God's family. Uh, but having done that, the relationship that we have with God 
results in us relating to others uh, in Christ's body. And for Paul, he said, you know what, that is a tremendous joy. The joy of my life is seeing that, you, that faith is taking root in your life and you're grown up into maturity. That is the great joy. Some of the people in our ministry wrote, the greatest joy is just meeting new people. Um, it's spending time with people is the greatest joy. Watching someone grow in Christ as you try to serve them the best way that you can. Uh, spending time with people, watching them grow as you serve them the best way that you can. The relationships that we build with people often are built as we work alongside of them, serving together uh, in ministry. Now, I introduce this by saying, you know what, we've been talking about Galatians, and we've talked about, it, it's not about works, it's about grace that we've received. And, uh, and that, is a, that is a legitimate statement. It says, you know what, what exactly does this mean? What, get involved, work, serve, do things. You know what, I didn't think I had to earn God's favor. And let me say from the outset, this is, uh, this is, a, salvation is about being born into God's family. But once we are part of a family, um, the benefits of being that family are ours. But in my family, that isn't worked out by me saying, all right, my kids, I've got kids, they're on the couch there, and I, because I love them and because they're graciously part of the family, I just bring them Doritos and Oreos every day. And just, and just deliver them. And I say, you know what? I am so glad that you're a part of my family. You are secure in your, your place in our family. And I love you. And I just want you to know that I love you. And so, you know what? Have some more Oreos. You know what? Here's some Doritos there. Oh, don't worry about a napkin. That dust. You know, we'll, we'll, we have other people who will take care of that. Would that very work very well in my family? Would that work very well in your family? You know what? Above and beyond that, do you think that would be the best thing that I could do for raising my kids? You're undecided. Lee is the only one who will shake his head. Is that the best way to raise children? Raise your hand if you think that's, if you think that's a terrible way to raise children. Raise your hands. All right, phew. Sometimes you scare me out there uh, a little bit. You know, that's a terrible way to raise families because I am raising my family, my kids, for a purpose. Because I'd like to send them out in the world to serve God and serve people and so that more people come to know Christ as Savior and are grown up in him. That's my goal. And so for me to do that, that, that relationship, the best thing for them is for them to, to be involved and serve uh, even in our family. That is preparing them for life in the world that God has put them. Uh, people are a blessing. Those relationships are a blessing, but it is not a blessing that says, you know what, just do whatever you want, and I will just support you uh, in that. That relationship is one that is going somewhere. It has a direction uh, involved. Uh, the benefits of ministry, growth, joy, people. Uh, these last two are a little bit together, uh, as you'll see. Uh, but I'd like to call the first one the pleasure of God. You know what, several folks who wrote back and said, you know what, in my ministry... What I'd really like to see is God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's from Matthew 25 in Jesus' parable of the talents. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body uh, or away from it. Uh, that, that God, and this is another one that, that takes a while for us to, to soak into our hearts to say, 
God can be pleased with us. Uh, that his, his pleasure, his face can shine down on us. Um, that there is a joy that says, you know what, God says, you know what, I am pleased with what you're doing. You know what, I think that's too infrequent for many of us. Uh, that, that too often we look at God as the one who is always mildly disappointed or worse uh, at us. Uh, but scripture speaks of a God who says, you know what, I can be pleased, I am pleased, I've invited you into my family, I've made you my children, uh, but as you live out as my children in the way that I attended you, growing in love for me and love for your neighbor, as you do this, I am pleased. And there's a point where I can say, you know what, you're not into heaven by the skin of your teeth. I say, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, the pleasure of God. And then this is the fifth benefit that I'll say, it goes hand in hand with that. In addition, as a sign of that pleasure, God says that there is a reward. Sometimes in scripture it's described as a crown, uh, a crown of glory, a crown of life, a crown of righteousness. Um, sometimes it's described as a, a rule or a reign that we'll have. That he says, you know what, in this life, based on what you do in this life, I will give you responsibility in my life to continue to use your gifts for my glory. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He says, you know what? I I'm going to spend my life out running well. I want to run well. I want to run to win the prize, uh, not the prize of entry into heaven, not the prize in acceptance into God's family. Those things have already won. That's, that means I'm in the race. But now that I'm in the race, uh, I would like to experience the reward that God has in store for, uh, for those who are his children. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 5.10, another verse that says, you know what? There's a reward that comes for those based on what we do in our bodies, good or ill. And that verse is speaking to Christians. It says there is a reward that God has in store. Uh, that, that in this life, um, there are certainly benefits from ministry, but multiplied time 10,000, there's a benefit that comes uh, in the life to come uh, for those who have been faithful in obedience, yes, uh, but also in doing God's work uh, in this world. What are the benefits of serving? Service, what is in it uh, for me? You know what? Uh, there are formidable obstacles to get involved in ministry. There are formidable obstacles. We're going to try to remove some of them. Uh, one of them is, I've never been asked. And I'd like to just say, I'm asking you to get involved in ministry. Is that easy? Uh, Chris will take you in the nursery uh, over here. Uh, in your bulletin, uh, there's a list of some different ministries that are go on. Uh, I must say they are not, that is not an exhaustive list. It's some, actually, somebody came to me today and said, hey, there's another ministry that could be on this list. And I'm like, you're right, we could, we could make that longer. But that represents some of the ministries of our church. And uh, I would encourage you, those brightly colored sheets in your bulletin, if you would pray over them and say, you know what, God, is there a place that I could be a blessing to others uh, by using the gifts and abilities that you have given to me? Uh, take that out, fill it out, turn it in, and we'll help you get connected. There's also some tables uh, in the back 
that have some of those same ministries. If you want to write your name on those, that would also be a way that you can get involved. But my goal this morning, uh, you can be the judge of whether it's successful or not, is not to say, you know what, service, you know what, you've got to feel guilty in order to serve. You know what, service is an oppressive weight that you have. I would like to suggest to you that service, the question that you should be asking is, what am I missing? If, if the case that I've made, that there are tremendous benefits in serving other people to the glory of God, that God intends to, to pour out on his children as they're involved in his work in the world, if there's tremendous benefits that come from this, then the, the question about ministry isn't where's the greatest need. The question may very well be, what exactly am I missing out by not serving and loving others? Uh, let's close in prayer. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you uh, for the gift of service. Uh, Lord, I really believe that that is the case, uh, that through service we learn uh, about you, uh, we grow up in you. Uh, in service, we experience the joy uh, that comes from making an impact in this world. Uh, we experience the joy of your pleasure and favor. Uh, and Lord, we also know that this life is not just about this life, it is about the life to come. And we thank you that you have uh, blessings that we've not even dreamed of that are in store for us. Uh, and we ask that you would help us um, uh, to have eternity in view in how we live our lives. Uh, Lord, we love you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.